welcome once again to another episode of the Best of All Possible Podcast. I am your host, Robert Weathers, and we here at... I did this last week, too. We here at Panglossian Productions in Williamsburg, Virginia, have a love for the weird. We love unproduced and underproduced work, and don't you know, we love 10-minute plays. And over the course of our time here in Williamsburg, Virginia, we've had so many 10-minute plays sent to us, submitted for our consideration that we can't possibly do them all. And so we're going to read one for you here tonight in a cold read with some very fine actors. And I'm going to turn to my right to our very special guest, none other than returning guest, Michelle Greensmith. Welcome back. Thank you. I'm glad to have you here. I'm glad to be here. You got a nice glass sitting of wine? in this chair. Uh-huh. <laughs> She's sitting really close to me. I feel really good about this. <laughs> so, um... Michelle, uh, we're going to read a play tonight called Crossover Fiction. Okay. And I'm going to ask you a question that is tangentially related to the play. Okay. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right. They say, never meet your heroes. Do you buy that? Never meet your heroes. I mean, no, I don't buy that. Yeah, why? Yeah, I don't buy it. I'll, I'm not going to buy that. There's some quick one. consideration you got there. Yeah, well... <laughs> I haven't really considered it before, but mm -hmm. I also feel like I, th this might sound terrible. I don't know that I really have a hero, like a, like a hero hero. Yeah. And I think I tend to look at people as like pretty whole, like well-rounded humans. Mm -hmm. So it's sort of like, oh, if I met a human, they'd be a human. I think that you know, I think yeah. it, it probably, I think it probably uh, comes from people meeting like their their athletic heroes, yeah. you know, and they want an autograph or something. And the, yeah, and I the, guess the, the disappointment is when they're like. Off. Yeah, this guy like, really isn't so great. On accident or something. Like, oh, <laughs> he farted. Yes, oh, that's right. My hero farts too. What are we gonna do about this? <laughs> <laughs> Unless your hero is Kim Jong Un. Oh. And, uh, <laughs> probably someone's hero. That's right. <laughs> well, thank, thanks, Michelle, for joining us. We want to thank you for coming here. We're gonna end this conversation real fast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I thought that was the end. We were applauding like it was over. I'm like, okay, good. We're it, not over. It, it is. Did I miss something? It was over before it started. <laughs> So joining us here to read Crossover Fiction by, by Greg Lamb is also Alex Morris. Welcome back, Alex. <laughs> Do you have a hero, Alex? Did you have a childhood hero? Uh, you know, I, I, I'm going to agree with Michelle on this. I don't think I ever really had a quote-unquote hero. I, I just, you know, there's people that I admired, I guess, yeah. in mm -hmm. some way. You know, like, wow, I wish I could, you know. You know, Michael Caine was always a pretty cool influence on me because I saw a PBS special with him once. I was like, that guy's awesome. <laughs> uh, you know... He's my new favorite. Yeah, I was like, mm -hmm. oh, that's cool. And I, but I never really had like a, I wasn't really into sports. Case of three. But you know, I just I just never really had a quote a, that hero mentality. I take people for who they are. And, you know, we're all kind of in this together, no matter what you do. Kind of thing. Wow, that just. Where <laughs> man, this is just someone let the air out of this. <laughs> Thank you. And, and that lone, the lone pair of hands clapping <laughs> is our third guest here today, a brand new guest of the podcast, Mr. Jonathan Manning. Yeah. Yeah, Jonathan. Jonathan, please, God, you have a hero. <laughs> I did have one, but now my new one is Alex. Oh, oh Alex. Hey. Alex. So, so do, you, do you buy it? Should you meet your heroes? Hmm. Yes, if you have the chance to meet someone that maybe inspired you, mm -hmm. but just remember they may not be 
who you think they they are. You know, oh, they mm-hmm. have one image, and then they you know they're out there smoking a cigarette yeah. and you know right playing off a hooker and well, you know <laughs> <laughs> unless that is someone who's your hero. Oh, that's why he's my hero. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, we're glad to have you all here with us today. Oh, yeah. I, I, say that, I say that with as much sincerity as I can conjure right now. Uh, today we're going to read Crossover Fiction, a, a short play by Greg Lamb. And there are three characters in the play here today. I want to remind the, uh, the listeners at home, or in your car, or wherever you happen to be, maybe your shower, that we, in fact, have not read this play before, or the actors have not read this play before. They don't know what it's about. And they only know the roles because I told them on Facebook yesterday. So, uh, let's see, I've got the list right here. Alex, would you be so kind as to play Maximus? Of course, Maximus. And Michelle, would you be so kind as to play Josie? Yes, indeed. And Jonathan, will you be so kind as to play Tom? Yes, I will. Excellent, thank you. So, uh, I will read the stage directions. Ladies and gentlemen, Crossover Fiction by Greg Lamb. Lights up onto a cliché sci-fi landscape. Flying cars, glowing skyscrapers, the works, whatever you can manage. A scream is heard, then a villainous laugh. (laughs) A shadowy figure enters hastily carrying something under his cloak. He looks behind him as he goes. He is Maximus Wolf, a sci-fi villain with all the fixins. He is up to major no good. At last... After three lifetimes spent in that dreadful interdimensional hellhole of a prison, I, Maximus Wolf, am finally free to take my rightful place to rule the nine worlds of Xandor. Sounds of a laser explosion is heard. Beep, beep, beep. Halt! Maximus turns. In stride, Josie Moon, a sleek, punkily dressed woman with an inhuman looking eye. She moves in a somewhat stilted manner. Why, of course. If it isn't my favorite detective, Josie Moon, have you come to join me in my hour of triumph? Quite a chase, Maximus. But it, but is at end. We'll pay for what you did to my lover. Lovely offer, my dear detective, but I'm afraid I will have to decline. Nowhere is left to run. Who said anything about running? Maximus takes a glowing piece of technology from his jacket. Josie unsheathes a high-tech sword-like weapon, raises it defensively, and keeps her distance. And that's where you are wrong. Your partner, no, excuse me, your man. Tor, what's his name? He was carrying the final piece of the puzzle. Maximus points to part of the gizmo. See this? It's the key of worlds. And he didn't even know it. But I did. Oh, I do so regret having to torture him to death, as I did. But while I take no particular pleasure in the necessity of his demise, please allow me to demonstrate the result. With a gesture from his gizmo, Maximus opens a glowing doorway of light with a loud tearing sound. The fabric of space-time is torn asunder. Josie recoils. Madman! What have you done? The question is, what have I made? A gateway between dimensions like none ever seen before. Will you? Will will find you when? <laughs> will find you wherever you run. This isn't just a simple wormhole. I know you can navigate that. It's a breach between two realities. If I've calculated right, 
And I have. <laughs> Beyond this portal is a new universe with unimaginable wonders waiting for the right man to tame it. And I, Maximus Wolf, am that man. Will not let you do this. I've said this so many times, Josie Moon, but you can't stop me, though I'd love to see you try. Bye-bye! <laughs> Maximus climbs through the portal and exits. Josie rushes to the portal and examines it. Offstage, a measured and literate voice is heard. The actions mirror the narration. As her bionic scan of... Uh, well, it's the first time I've read this. <laughs> scan analysis? Um, scan analysis? As her bionic scanalysis eye reported the most disturbing readings, the emanating? Emanating? Emanating, yes. Emanating from the shrinking portal. Josie remembered the last halting heaves of her lover's breath. After Tor's final heart had beat its last, she vowed that she would stop at nothing in her quest for vengeance. A stubbly-faced man enters while reading from a book. This is Tom Core, <laughs> sci-fi author. Josie took a breath, put on her concealment glasses, and took a nervous step from one world to another, from the mean streets of Xander to the meaner streets of the strange new world called... Josie steps through the portal. Tom looks up from the book. Earth. And that, my friends, is the end of chapter one. A polite smattering of applause. Tom acknowledges it. Thank you. Thank you all. That was the first chapter from my upcoming uh, Josie Moon Psychic Cyborg Alien Detective novel, tentatively titled Brave Old World. <laughs> the completed version will be available in all possible formats next spring, and all of the previous books are available at the front of the bookstore. I hope you all brought cash, and thank you all once again for coming tonight. Tom makes a last wave and then starts to exit. He's muttering to himself. <clears throat> hmm. I think he should sound like this. Just two more, Tom. Just two more of these damn readings. <laughs> Before he can exit, Josie re-enters, wearing a trench coat. <clears throat> Excuse me, Mr. Tom Cord. Tom looks at Josie and shakes his head. Uh, no, honey. Look, uh, I appreciate the effort, but I don't do cosplay, okay? Not as you think. There are signed copies of the book at the register, and if you missed... The reading you can subscribe to my Twitter feed for the next one. Uh, good costume, by the way. Josie takes off her sunglasses to reveal her inhuman-looking eye. Too real to be a costume. Tom's jaw drops. Oh my God, that—that's real, isn't it? That's a real scanalysis eye, grafted into your eye socket. Oh God! Stepped into this world, Tom Cord. Some time ago. Very strange. Took time to acclimate. You aren't... I mean... Am. That isn't. Am what you made me. Psychic cyborg alien detective. Apologies. I took so long. No, no, not at all. Uh, listen, I, uh... Well, we should get out of here. Find somewhere to talk. Uh, put, uh, put your glasses back on, please. <laughs> Josie puts her glasses back on. My hotel? Yes? Have something to show. Okay, let's go. Tom and Josie exit. As they exit, a voice is heard in voiceover. It's the voice of Maximus. I, Maximus Wolf, have seen wonders upon wonders in my time. I have stood upon planetary rings, passed through black holes, and created hidden fortresses inside planetary cores. But nothing 
I have done has prepared me for this delightful little world. Imagine a whole world on the cusp of awakening that still thinks it's all alone in the universe. Oh, Detective Moon, what a delight. Catch me if you can. He laughs. <laughs> we are now in a hotel room with a large suitcase to the side. Tom and Josie enter. This is the room. Tom stares at her. Is something wrong? Just getting a better look at you. Why? Just amazing. I, I still can't get over this. Is that so? Try to select typical room. Keep low profile. No, I mean you're here in real life, not in my head. It's amazing. This is every author's dream. You write something like these silly books, but no offense, and it's a total fantasy that just happened to catch enough of the nerd market to pay my rent. I had no idea that when I wrote what I wrote could actually live, breathe, you. It's incredible. This will change everything. I'll be famous. I mean, really famous. First, when I came, did not know Tom Cord, did not know books, just knew that I was created to know. Right, but you are a detective. A great detective. That's how I wrote you. You found things out. That's what you do. Had much to take care of. Right. You followed Maximus here. Oh my God. I just realized. If you're here, then he's here too. That's what brave old world is all about. Oh, that's not good news. He's the worst baddie I've ever written. You, you must need my help to find him, don't you? To stop him. That's why you found me. No, Tom right? Cord, no. Different than you think. Must show you. Josie points to the large piece of luggage in the corner. Have been busy before finding you. Take a look. The suitcase? It's enormous. What's in it? No words, Tom Cord. Must show. Take a look inside. Tom goes to the suitcase. He slowly opens it and lifts the cover. He quickly recoils in horror. Holy sh- She slams it shut and turns to Josie. That's- Maximus- <laughs> Maximus Wolf, yes. But he, he, I guess I should have expected. Of course you would. That's what you do. But what did you do to him exactly? He's all a, I don't even want to think about it. It's murder. Funny term, Tom Cord. Funny world. Josie pulls out a sword from her costume. Tom notices. Your sword? Does it even work in this world? There's no Sigma force here. It still has some use. This is a tough one. You killed Maximus, and you don't know what to do with him. Is that it? What to, do we do with the body? Tom paces around the room in frantic thought. Josie follows him, slowly closing the distance. It's strange. No good or bad guys inside this world. Endless shade of gray. Events without reason, resolution, do not like. Home of Xandor was vicious, bloodthirsty, often cruel, but had some sort of purpose in the end. Shaped by the hand of creator. Guess that would be you. Josie, what are you doing? Tom Cord, should not good author be more in touch with motivation of his character? Tell me instead, what do I want? Revenge for your lover. Right, my dead lover. Tortured and alone, set to die before my eye. 
was helpless to stop it, felt bad. And, and so you found Maximus, and you did this? Yes. Very good. So you've done it, and now you've fulfilled your quest, and you don't know what to do next. Do you need me to help to hide the body? No, Tom. Again, you misunderstand. Maximus killed, but Maximus not alone. He wasn't? No, he was. He was the mastermind. The, the big bad, the final boss. I'll show you the manuscript to the next one. Tom begins to reach into his briefcase before Josie points her sword at him. No, Mr. Cord. Had months to co contemplate. Interesting thing. Maximus tortured, tore to death, but not really his idea. Maximus, not killer, but instrument of killer, was like weapon. Somebody else need death. Need for death to happen. Josie cuts off Tom's attempt to edge away from her. What are you talking about, Josie? He was it. The big boss. Your arch enemy. The last guy you had to vanquish before I could put your story to rest. Tor's horrible death useful to someone. For dramatic tension. Irony. Horror. Can't understand. Better story. My pain make you very good story. Very good story make you money. Took me time. Took me some time. But I understand now what to do, Tom Cord. I understand why you do this to me. Josie closes in on Tom, sword drawn. Josie! Knowing does not make pain go away. Josie, no! I'm sorry! I- Josie runs her sword into Tom, who slides down dead. Would have told you to prepare to meet Maker, but I just met mine. Was disappointing. Josie goes to Tom's briefcase, looks through and digs out a manuscript. She calls to Tom's body. Also, my dialogue often awkward and contrived. She flips through the pages. Six hundred pages, Tom Cord? Anyone tell you you need a good editor? Lucky for you, I'm available for the job. Josie slips the manuscript into her bag, puts on her sunglasses, and exits. The end. Oh. Oh. Sorry, Tom Cord. <laughs> All right, thanks, guys. Sorry, Tom Cord, but not sorry, Maximus. I mean, hey, you have a name like weapon. Maximus. You get to, you're you know. the same as my sword. You don't get any apologies. <laughs> so, uh, we, what we're going to do now is we're going to move on to the part of the show where we discuss the play that we just saw. So, I want to get your first impressions of, or just saw, we just read. Uh, you were looking at it, I right, Michelle? It, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, I want to get your first impressions. Michelle, what did you think about the show we just read? I liked it. It's a nice twist. And um, I think the, the language is a really, like, it's a, it's a fun language to play with. I know sort that, of chopped, chopped sentences, cyborg language is fun. Yeah, I, I, know that, I know that it caught you off guard there in the beginning. I apologize for not telling you about it, but no. I wanted you to catch it yeah. uh, and, and see it. So I was giving you nods. Well, right? and some of it is so instinctual to just fill in the word and the sentence. Yeah. I, I yeah. definitely uh, glazed over some of it but mm -hmm. here and there. But, uh, first, first thoughts, guys? Alex? I, 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 I like this, actually. Um, it didn't go in a direction that uh, at, at, I was expecting it to go at all. Um, mm hmm and, uh, you know, I've always wanted to be a villain. I died halfway through. <laughs> it, it really caught me off guard that she killed him in yeah. the end, right? <laughs> and it's pretty poignant. Like, it's wrapped in this strange skin, but it's it's a pretty... Um, it's yeah. a lot for ten minutes. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah a lot happens. Yeah. Yeah. A lot happens. Poignant uh, in its disgustingness. I mean, yeah. not disgusting, but it's murderous. 
whatever. Mm -hmm. First thoughts, Jonathan? <laughs> um, I, I thought it was a, a, a well-written um, for just a, you know, a short 10-minute play. Um, I don't know where else you know you would would go with it from there. Mm -hmm. I mean, we, we you know we always need another sci-fi something. <laughs> we don't have enough of those nowadays. Uh, but yeah. um, you know, it's got a good. It's got you know it's you know, uh, you could you could visualize it as you were reading it. Yeah, I think characters. so. There's a, there's yeah. a lot, and yeah. uh, and the stage directions give us a lot uh, of description to really fuel our minds. Um, do you think that it could be extended? Uh, you mentioned that there's a lot for 10 minutes. Do you think that it could or should be extended? Maybe to a full one act? Uh, I'm talking to Alex, by the way. Oh, Alex. yes. <laughs> uh, I think it could be pushed out a little bit. It needs a little room to breathe. I think it, it needs some backstory. Yeah. yeah. So maybe a little bit more into the... It'd be really nice to see her story, you know, or more that he reads would be a little bit better, too. I just want to see what kind of costume you got. Mm -hmm. I know, right? <laughs> yeah. 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 But well, yeah, I mean, it was tight. It's good. Uh, I think it could easily be expanded to a, to a one act, though. Yeah. I think the relationship with uh, what what's her what's her loves. I, I think tour. It, tour. I think it could be nice to uh, care more about the murdered tour too, if we see <laughs> the, yeah, some I of think Josie's right. like a flashback. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> a young tour. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Him giving her space flowers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Moon dust. Yeah. So this is sort of this is sort of tied into that uh, part of that same uh, question there. Uh, how would you go about? Dressing this set on a budget. Uh, I'm going to start with Michelle here, who just got back from directing a show out in Arkansas. Yes. Uh, so, uh, Michelle, director extraordinaire, <laughs> um, how would you approach this knowing if this was a 10-minute play, say a 10-minute play festival, you don't have mm -hmm. a lot of money, what would you do to give us the idea of this space-like, uh, or this sci-fi uh, area, well, arena? The, the playwright gives us, like, like the big budget, yeah. and dry, like yeah. skyscrapers and flying cars and glowing, uh, what, what else? Glowing yeah, works. whatever, oh, oh, the works. Yeah, I think the works is, yeah. fills it in. Yeah, <laughs> um, so uh, if we're on a budget, there's none of that. Um, mm -hmm. But I think it, I think that uh, probably a lot of the magic can happen in moody lighting alone and um, the ability to isolate mm -hmm. certain tight isolation with light. I can light. see that. You know, I think that yeah. if you're painting... The images with the words and the actions that maybe you don't even really need. A, you, know, you just need a, a, a bit here and there to. Some very sharp lighting, sharp angle lights, yeah. perhaps too. I yeah. think. Yeah, I, I, yeah. Uh, that's not my original idea. I took it off of Michelle's idea. <laughs> there. Um, but yeah, I think you're right. What? Do you th uh, any thoughts, Alex? Uh, I, I mean, this is to me, it's kind of campy anyway. I was thinking the yeah. same thing. Right. Yeah. It's really uh, cheesy. Yeah. I, I mean, it, I, I don't think it'd be a, a, a far stretch artistically just to, you know, make it out of cardboard and yeah. have like a, your it. own imagination yeah. or, or of what the gizmo that he talks about is. As long mm -hmm. as there's, you know, some Christmas lights somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> or a phone Fair light. Yeah. You know, I, I think that kind of would play into the campiness a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I mean, he says it, so, you know, Sci-fi villain with all the fixins, you know. My, my my kids love the '90s Power Rangers, and I'm watching that. And I'm like, this is ridiculous oh, with yeah. some of their costumes. Oh, like yeah. you know, like it looks like they just went to Walmart and stuck stuff together from the clearance bins to make a monster. Ooh, now we have a, a four-headed monster with drama masks. You know, <laughs> you know. I'm like, I think this kind of plays into that same vein. I think you could easily. Make Maximus this, you know, Galaxy Quest-esque, 
you know, yeah. over the top Star Trek. My brain went immediately to Futurama, the opening yeah. sequence of Futurama, you know, and I, uh, along the same lines with your cardboard cutout, you know, if you had a skyscraper in the background that said Robot Arms Apartment right, or something exactly. like there, I think people would catch on to that yeah. pretty quick. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so, I want to ask y'all, uh, have you ever blamed an author for killing off a character that you loved? This, I mean, not necessarily in a book or, or a play or what have you, just in, in, in general? Lauren, our sound tech is nodding her head. <laughs> uh, any movie that Sean Bean has been in is the lead. <laughs> he dies in every single one. Like Game of Thrones, that first season. You uh -huh. love him. Oh, Star... Ah, pff, dead. Curse you, Game of Thrones. But, you know, yeah, I mean, I think we've, I have, at least. Any beloved characters have been killed off, Jonathan? Any off the top of your head? Well, a few years ago, I went to see the, uh, the newest Star Wars picture, and... Um, uh, spoiler alert. <laughs> just turn, to let you know. Turn it off, 13-year-old yeah, boys. Don't listen to this if you're like, just been born. <laughs> but my favorite character in the Star Wars series was killed. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm, I'm not going to tell you who it is. Okay. You think you watch it. And I was really pissed. <laughs> and the person I went to see the movie with looked at me and said, yeah, I knew. And I'm like, God damn it, what are you me? Lucas! <laughs> so, I don't think Luke, I don't know if Lucas had anything to do with it. Thank God he didn't have anything to do with it. It was that big mouse with those ears. He, you know, gobbled up all the things. Oh, I was going to kill him. Uh, uh, yeah, oh, him. Well, okay. So, and then, of course, everybody else is now dead, so who cares? <laughs> <laughs> That is, that I don't is, give a shit. So. <laughs> that is an incredibly mildest view about this. Everyone else is Well, there goes the entire Star Wars franchise. Let's hope they're not enlisted. <laughs> Michelle, I have a question for you. Okay. This is a really broad, open-ended question. Okay. What's next for Josie? What's next for Josie? Mm -hmm. Well, she's... But there's the a portal. No, sorry. Uh, sorry. There's a portal. So maybe... She's got she's got her um, just revenge or maybe not just revenge because I think she's thinking in a more um, utilitarian way than that. So mm -hmm. she's she's you know equalized. Oh, so she's Equal she's, she satisfies she's, blood law as well. Yeah, yeah. Okay. She's, she's got justice. Maybe she goes back home and. I don't know, maybe she's got herself, you know, herself in. I hadn't even thought Please about that. I've, I've been trained by sci-fi culture that whenever a, a wormhole is open, that it closes right away, right? But they didn't. Nothing, nothing was said about that, so maybe it's still open. Well, if the portal's there, she's going to go home. She's probably going to check first to see if Well, you have 600 there. pages to yeah. read, too, don't That's you? also that's that's true. true. So you probably, you probably sit back up a cup of coffee. And... Yeah, that's yeah. right. So I can... I could probably do a few things about what's already been written, too. You can rewrite your own. Yeah, you can rewrite it, yeah. Yeah, goes and fixes it. Good call. Going to make some money. Yeah. All right. <laughs> We'd like to make some money, too, so keep listening to our podcast. Thank you for listening to this one. Hey! So we want to make sure that we thank Greg Lamb for his awesome 10-minute play, Crossover Fiction. Thank yeah. you, Greg. And, of course, we want to thank Lauren Watkins and Zodiac Productions. And Lauren, you're going to hear her speak clearly for the first time. She has something to promote. Lauren, take it away. Hi, guys. So um, not everybody... Uh, around here knows that I'm not just an audio person, but I'm also a musician. And uh, I have a solo project, it's kind of like an alternative rock sort of Evanescence Linkin Park sort of thing. And I have a new single coming out uh, tomorrow, March 30th. March, March 20th, excuse me. It's called All of Me. You can find it on bandcamp.com. You can also go to my Facebook page, there'll be links for it there. Uh, yeah. Awesome. Yay. That's Zodiac Productions, Z O D I A C K. Uh, 
Um, no, nope. there's no C. No C. Yeah, Z O D I A K Productions. <laughs> or you can go to uh, the artist page, which is Scorpia S C O R P I A. Nice. Awesome. Thank awesome. you. Thank and you of course, all. we want to thank our special guest, Michelle Green Smith, <laughs> who also has something to promote. Don't you, Michelle? Oh, I do. <laughs> do you? Actually, I want Alex to talk about it. Oh, do you? Yeah. Well, I want Jonathan. No, I just. Don't <laughs> Uh, I didn't make it. <laughs> and before you say anything, I love Disney, by the way. Thanks. Uh, just so you know, Michelle will be one of our cast members for an upcoming Panglossian production of Ripcord, which uh, debuts March 30 uh, and uh, goes through the 31st. Uh, April 6th, 7th, and 8th. $16 online for tickets. Uh, $18 at the door. Uh, I'm the director. In that sense, it's a comedy. We hope you can come see it. Uh, at the Waynesburg Regional Library uh, on those dates. Again, that's Ripcord. Uh, debuts March 30th. Yes, uh, if you buy tickets at the door, the performance will be at the Williamsburg Regional Library on Scotland Street, not on Kroger Road. <laughs> I get that mixed up sometimes, <laughs> so there you go. Uh, make sure that you hit that subscribe button on iTunes or on podbean.com to get a new play every week at 12.01 a.m. And make sure that you head over to Facebook and follow the Best of All Possible podcast. We'd love to hear your comments or your questions. Uh, go ahead and leave them on the page there. Thanks for listening. Everybody have a great night. Bye-bye. <laughs>